Good morning and welcome to our worship and prayer on Sunday the 17th of May. Though we are apart, we come together in prayer and reflection and we ask God to speak to us. So we listen now to a song called Speak, O Lord.
some verses from Psalm 66. Bless our God, O you peoples, make the voice of his praise to be heard, who holds our souls in life and suffers not our feet to slip. For you, O God, have proved us, you have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the snare, you laid heavy burdens upon our backs, you let enemies ride over our heads, we went through fire and water, but you brought us out into a place of liberty. I will come into your house with burnt offerings, and will pay you my vows, which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer you fat burnt sacrifices with the smoke of rams. I will sacrifice oxen and goats. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I called out to him with my mouth, and his praise was on my tongue. If I had nursed evil in my heart, the Lord would not have heard me. But in truth God has heard me. He has heeded the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not rejected my prayer, nor withheld his loving mercy from me. Amen. And now a prayer for a new day. Almighty and everlasting God, we thank you that you have brought us safely to the beginning of this day. Keep us from falling into sin or running into danger. Order us in all our doings and guide us to do always what is righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From, from one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Here ends the reading. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John, from John chapter 14, verses 15 to 21. 
Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Here ends the reading. Groping our way towards the unknown God, a reflection on Acts chapter 17 and John chapter 14. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus. The Areopagus, with a name like we'd give to a glitzy shopping precinct or a multiplex cinema or a shiny new sports stadium. In ancient Athens and named after the god Ares, the Areopagus was where influential people exercised their power, their judgments and policy decisions directed by their many different gods. Among them, besides Ares, there was Aphrodite, the goddess of love and beauty, Demeter, goddess of the harvest who gave feast or famine according to her mood, Thanatos, the frightening god of death, and Zeus, father of all people, leader of the gods. Paul had noticed that there was a god for every occasion in Athens and the streets were full of altars to all of them. And he noticed something striking about one of these altars. It didn't have a name on it, no Zeus, no Athena, no Medusa, just a simple plaque which read, To an unknown god. It fascinated Paul that with so many gods to help shape their lives, the people had a sense that there was still another god who they didn't know and couldn't see, but who might just be there watching and waiting for their worship. I think that we're just like the ancient Greeks. We fill our villages, towns and cities with altars to all sorts of gods, but there's a still small voice in our ears whispering that there's an unknown god around. For today we have the god Asda, a giant who straddles the earth, providing all the food and drink we could ever need, and whose priests are dressed in bright lime-coloured robes. Today we have the god Bupa, who promises to attend to all our health needs at speed, though at great cost. Today we have the god Lotto, who promises us the earth, but disperses his gifts sparingly. And today we have the god Zoom, who labours to bring into our rooms the pixelated faces and cracked voices of our loved ones or colleagues far away. We smile at this mention of these gods because we know they don't truly serve or completely satisfy us. And I think the ancient Greeks would have smiled at their gods just the same, knowing their flaws. 
Paul said they were like gold or silver or stone, images formed by the art and imagination of mortals. People gave the people of Athens a name, sorry, Paul gave the people of Athens a name for their unknown God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God who made the world and everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth who gives life and breath to all people and all things in whom we live and move and have our being, the God who calls all people everywhere to turn around, to turn our faces towards this one who he has appointed to judge the world in righteousness, this man who he has raised from the dead. This God, said Paul, transcends Ares and Aphrodite, Demeter and Zeus, and for us this God is the one by comparison to whom Booper and Lotto, Nike and Asda, Barclays and Goldman Sachs, Ant and Deck, Google and Zoom simply fade. For we know that despite all the blessings these gods bestow on us, they're incapable of satisfying our deep down aching human needs. Their agendas lead to conflict and distress. We know that despite living in one of the wealthiest, most comfortable societies the world has ever known, the pursuit of these gods of wealth and comfort brings with it poverty, discomfort and unease. You will have noticed how the coronavirus crisis has revealed the deep inadequacies of our way of living, shown how our allegiance to the gods of our age has created a world of sharp inequalities, whereby those we applaud as our most essential workers are the least well rewarded, many of them living precariously, a world of stark dislocation between human and nature, an overheating planet, a competitive culture of high anxiety, loathing, self-loathing and depression. Paul told the Athenians that the unknown God is very different, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ isn't concerned to titillate or pamper us or make us affluent. This is the God who sets things in their proper place, helping us to live in righteousness, in right relationships in this world. It is very good news to discover that there is a way out of the vicious circle in which the gods of this world function. That cycle of thrills and disappointment, plenty and loss, which functions like an addiction to diminish and destroy us. This other way involves walking with Jesus, following his commandments to live in a state of love with God, the earth and all people. He even promises us the spirit of truth to be with us forever to give us the help we need to turn our lives around to live in this way. With the spirit of truth in us, we can keep God's commandments to love him and love others as we love ourselves. For the spirit of truth helps us face the truth about ourselves and about the world. The spirit of truth helps us let go of the hold the other gods have over us and learn to live outwardly, to give generously, to love openly, towards God, the creation, and others. At the Areopagus, Paul told the Greeks that in every generation, people would search for God, though they might perhaps grope their way towards him to find him. For indeed, he is not far from each one of us. So let us ask, Jesus, give us the Holy Spirit,
to help us in that search. In our time of prayer today, um, we're particularly conscious that um, we will be holding a lambing service online, of course, um, today, and it's an opportunity to give thanks for the lambing season, which is coming to an end, for God's providence in that way, and also to offer prayers to God for our farming community, um, looking to like all other small businesses, um, an uncertain time ahead. Particularly hold those who have gone before us in our prayers as well. Those three men from our farming community who have recently died, Tommy King, Ernest Booth and Joe Ellershaw. Also Mary Jones and others who are on our hearts. Pray for each other as we continue to reshape our lives in this time of coronavirus crisis. For those who are feeling particularly uh, troubled by this situation, for those who are unwell, for those who've lost loved ones and for all those working in the health service and support services. So along with the prayers of our hearts today, two prayers for the farming community followed by a prayer of blessing. God of heaven and earth, as we face a time of fear and anxiety around access to food, help us to be thankful for those who keep working to put food on our tables, that we can be sustained in our homes. Help us to recognise the vital work they do alongside others in this time of need. Amen. Loving God, we pray for all farmers, especially those finding limited opportunities to sell their livestock and other produce. Be with them as they struggle with the financial impact of the current situation. May they and their families get the help and support they need. Help the wider community to understand and support farmers better, valuing what they do to produce food. Help us to see your light in the darkness and hold out that light to others. In Jesus' name, Amen. And a prayer of blessing. Ever-present God, bless those suffering from coronavirus and those who care for them. May they know your healing. May the dying know your welcome. Bless the scientists searching for solutions. Bless the supermarkets seeking to serve us. Bless governments steering a new course, may they know your wisdom. Bless these new times we now live in. Hold the grief for what is past, hold the fear of present and future, 
that within your love we may grow in trust and peace. Amen. Our closing song is also a prayer, a prayer of St Francis, which might be our own prayer this day. Make me a channel of your peace. Despair in life, let me bring home